TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550. You're the coach, Kyle Shanahan. It's your job to make sure you articulate what the situation is, that your players know all the rules they need to know. That's number one. Number two, hold the players accountable. Last time I checked, you can read. Yes. You understand? You, 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 you're playing the game. This is your profession. How in God's name are you going to be post-game at the Super Bowl and talk about you weren't even aware of the circumstances of an overtime game when it's a Super Bowl championship yes. on the line? As much as I disagreed with Stephen A. about the, I can't believe Lamar Jackson was unanimous and, you know, go shame anyone who didn't vote for him, which is ridiculous last week. I agree with him there for sure. Like, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter in a vacuum if the, you know, 49ers players knew or didn't know. It's not like they're going to play different on the overtime. But it's absolutely on Kyle Shanahan to at least make them aware, and they should have been aware for a while. I mean, that was it what Andy Reid did. That To me, it's just a window into coaching. It's a window into how you operate. And the guy I'm going to have on next knows all about that because Bill Belichick, that's he he knows all those rules, and he he tells his team. They understand all of those rules because you never know when there is a situation that comes up in a game or in a season where you got to understand that. And there's going to be things that you know players don't have to know, but – it's on coaches to, to have them understand these things because there's a window. To me, that's where my feeling is. It's not that the 49ers players didn't know in the moment. It's that Kyle Shanahan never talked to them about it. Like that, That's a window into your coaching philosophy, and it says a lot about you, and that would be, to me, what I'd be upset about if I was a Niners fan in that situation. Not that they lost because they didn't know the rules, but that particular situation. See what um, Evan Lazar says about that. Evan joins us as he always does from out in Boston. Easy Lazar on Twitter. I just found out it's World Radio Day. But how about that, Evan? We're on together on World Radio Day. Welcome back in, buddy. I'm honored that you would include me in on such a big day. <laughs> Thank you. Am I right? I mean, Bill Belichick, he would always make sure his teams knew a lot of these little intricacies and rules. And even if you don't have to know, it's just a window into how prepared your team is going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there were several times I can tell you that going back to training camp and all the different practices that we got to see where they would have these random situations that Bill Belichick would be barking out at the end of practice, you know, down three, down four, uh, need a touchdown, need a field goal, uh, overtime, like whatever the case may be. And they would just run through these scenarios. And some of them were these odd that you just would never think that they would come up in a game. And then 
sure enough, they would come up in the game and they would be prepared. So as much as uh, right now it, it seems like it's pile on Bill for, for things that he did at the end, uh, uh, those are one of the things that were hallmarks of the Patriots for 20 years. Before we get to the team you cover, the New England Patriots, let's reflect on Sunday. Um, what did you think about you know how that game kind of ultimately unfolded and the, the Chiefs being able to win a Super Bowl in a year where so many people felt, and really it bore out where they were a little bit down this year. Yeah, I think what it comes back to, and it's you know obviously always spinning it to the Patriots for me, it's just when you remember the Patriots at the height of their powers, they were never dead until they were officially in the ground. Right? Yeah, and right. like I feel the same way about these Chiefs teams that they might not play the cleanest game. They weren't the best offensively this year compared to what they've been in years past, but they still have that ability to just hang around and hang around. And then when it came to the clutch moments late in the game, they were able to just ride to those occasions a little bit more uh, than the 49ers. And the, the drive in overtime, it really, I tweeted it out right afterwards. Uh, it, that was like a, a vintage Brady drive of, you know, you need a touchdown to win the Super Bowl. And was anybody have any doubt whatsoever what Patrick Mahomes was going to do in that situation? It, it reminded me a lot. You know, obviously different scenario, but because of the Kyle Shanahan comparison of uh, the Falcons Super Bowl in 28 to three, when the Patriots won the toss in overtime and they got the ball, it was like a foregone conclusion that they were going to win the game at that point. And, and I feel the same way once you know the Niners kicked the field goal in overtime and gave the ball to Patrick Mahomes needing a touchdown to win it. I was like, well, this game is over. You know, he's just going to go down and and score a touchdown, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, as much as I think it irks a lot of people around New England that he's already been crowned uh, the greatest quarterback of all time as he's four Super Bowls short of Tom Brady. Uh, I can still see uh, why everybody is is giving Mahomes his flowers, and he, he definitely deserves it. I, I agree with giving him his flowers, but you won't find that from me. It's Brady for me, and it's going to be for a while. He's still got some work to do to get up there, but certainly they deserve a lot of credit. And it's the ultimate perfect situation like Brady had with Belichick. It's the perfect quarterback with the perfect coach, right, Evan? I mean, this is Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes is just a great scenario for that organization, and, and that's why it works so well, partly because of, you know, obviously, the, I'm not saying that another coach couldn't get Mahomes to win, but having those two paired together is a dream for that organization. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of it stems from the beginning as well for their, their two careers with Brady and, and Mahomes. Brady, I, when he came into the league, it was obviously a different game back then, but he wasn't as polished. He wasn't as ready. You know, Mahomes sits the year and then plays. and He just wasn't as statistically dominant as Mahomes was right out of the gate. But he had somebody like Belichick who was, bringing him along and supporting him on the other side of the ball was a great defense. And then as Brady, maybe around 2003, I would say started to take off and become uh, the Tom Brady that he was for the you know, better half of his career. I, I just look at Mahomes as similar where when he comes in and he starts that second year, they have Tyree killed. They have Travis Kelsey. They have this offense that was already top 10 in the league in a lot of categories with Alex Smith the year before and it was just such a great situation to drop uh, Patrick Mahomes into, and then he takes off. So I, I think both coaches have really helped those guys maybe accelerate their development a little bit faster than what people expected. And you know, I don't think anybody expected Brady to win as a sixth-round pick in his second year, and I don't think anybody expected Mahomes to be the best quarterback in the league right out of the gate. Uh, but they were dropped into such great situations with great head coaches uh, that they almost hit the ground running. You know, there's been so much talk, Evan, about 
you can never beat them now. Like how you get, this is the year that beat them and you still couldn't beat them. And oh my God. And yeah, they're going to be around a while. We know they're going to be around a while, but you have an up close look and you had an up close look of a 20 year dynasty. But I remind people that when the Patriots won three out of four to start it, they went 10 years without winning one. Now they were in the mix. They went to the Super Bowl a couple of times, but those 10 years can, can you at least give a little bit of solace to Bills fans, Bengals fans, Ravens fans, whoever, and say, look, it doesn't have to be like this every year. There were times the Patriots didn't win this darn thing. Yeah, well, I, I think that there's there's two things. One, what the Patriots had to go through, and the, and the Chiefs will have to go through this eventually. I, I think this is the part that the Chiefs haven't necessarily hit. And I know that they moved on from Tyree Kill, and, and they pivoted in, in certain ways in that respect. But keeping the roster championship caliber around the quarterback year in and year out is extremely difficult to do. And the Patriots over a 20 year period, they went through very, uh, you know, various different iterations of how they were built uh, to win football right. games. You know, first it was defense and it was Oh seven. And, you know, between like Oh seven and 2014, it's, it's these high flying offenses and record breaking offenses and, uh, then, you know, d- towards the latter part of Brady's career, it, it starts to be a little bit more balanced again. So they had to go through these different types of roster turnovers that I don't know if the Chiefs have fully done that yet. Like, remember, Brady won a Super Bowl at the beginning with, like, Deion Branch and Troy Brown and David Givens. And those were his guys. Then he had Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman. Like, that's a completely different team. You know, like, it's a completely different group of guys. So Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. You know, what? what's the next iteration? Like Patrick Mahomes is going to play a lot of football in his career without Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is going to be a part of like the 2001 through 2004 Patriots. Like that's going to be Kelsey. And then 10 years from now, Mahomes might still be playing and it's going to be with a completely different cast of characters. So that if you're trying to find solace in, in this Chiefs run ending. I, I think that it's a lot easier said than done to do what the Patriots did, which was have a consistent championship caliber roster basically for 20 years and have it completely change and, and uh, turn over over and over again mm-hmm. with different faces around Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and be able to sustain it. So I think that that's when they ran into you know the 10 year drought that you mentioned. Some of it was, bad luck or coming up a little bit short like in 07 and 2011 in the Super Bowl against the Giants. Uh, but some of that also was other teams like 09, 2010, 06. Like they didn't have the greatest of teams uh, those years because they were almost in like a mini rebuild, even though they were still competitive. Yeah, good stuff. I like that. Evan Lazar here on the West Her Hotline. All right, Evan, last time we spoke, um, I believe it was right at the end of the regular season, and you said – you didn't know how the reaction would be if they did hire Gerard Mayo. What has that been, the reaction of Gerard Mayo, and how everything has happened and unfolded with the fan base, basically, in New England, and how it all went down with Bill Belichick and then circling back to hiring Gerard Mayo? Yeah, I mean, like as you would expect, Sal, there's obviously a, a big chunk of fans that were going to be Bill people till they die and are yeah. upset with the organization for moving on from Bill Belichick. And I think that those fans uh, have an argument, and they're probably always going to feel that same way that they would have much rather have seen Bill Belichick just end it here, whether it was four win seasons or not, they, it would just like he owed it. They owed it to him, right. To, to go out on his terms mm-hmm. and, and to end it. I, I think that there's a lot of other people too, that, you know, just to, on the negative side of things uh, that feel like they should have opened up this search and they don't love the fact that 
Uh, they promised the job to Gerard Mayo contractually and almost backed themselves into a corner where they had to hire Gerard Mayo. There was other people available. Maybe there was other people that they didn't know were going to be available a year ago when they wrote that into Gerard Mayo's contract, like a Mike Vrabel, for instance, who is obviously a Patriots Hall of Famer and, and a, a fan favorite around here. So when Mike Vrabel becomes available, I think a lot of people are like, well, you don't even interview him. You, know, you don't even have him in the building. And, uh, you know, the Patriots stuck to their guns and stuck to their plan and are, are, are rolling with Gerard Mayo. But I think at the same time, it's, it's all about what they put around Gerard Mayo. And this coaching staff starting to come together a little bit. Um, I don't think it went exactly as planned on the offensive side of the ball. I think they had uh, bigger names, bigger fish on the offensive coordinator uh, that they didn't, weren't able to land. Uh, but in general, I think this is all about what they are able to put around Gerard Mayo uh, from a personnel standpoint in the front office. And that's another thing that they've kind of just handed the keys over to Elliot Wolf, who's very qualified and, and had uh, you know a lot of people in his corner, uh, but again, and not a open interview process. It's not like they went through like some of these other teams and and interviewed you know ten candidates for general manager and picked the best one. Uh, they once again almost went with this internal hire, like it's a private business, you know that they're just promoting from within all over the place, and uh, that has definitely brought on some skepticism about this plan. Is Mac Jones on the Patriots roster opening week? I don't think so. I think that when it comes to Mac, there are arguments to having him stick around in terms of being sort of that. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more rings, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A bridge quarterback to, let's say, a Jaden Daniels or a Drake May or something like that. Uh, but I think what it, what it boils down to is actually internally, it, there's just no longer a belief in the building, I don't think, for Mac Jones, and that Mac Jones is going to be the answer for this team. And he's lost a lot of the confidence and a lot of the, uh, he's you know, to put it frankly, he's lost the locker room, right? Like, he, he just it, there yeah. isn't a whole lot of confidence around him as a player right now. And, and I think it's best for everybody for, for him to be someplace else next year. As much as you could probably make the case that, rookie contract still affordable mm-hmm. 
you can win games with him, even if he's not the driving force. You can still, uh, as we saw his rookie season, and even at times in 2022, you can still win games as you buy time for the next quarterback to come in here. Uh, but ultimately, I think a lot of people in this building have lost faith. Okay, so that means they're obviously going in a different direction. I don't think it's going to be Bailey Zappi necessarily as a new franchise quarterback. They do have the number three pick. What are you hearing? What do you think they're looking at to do with that three pick? Is it going to be a quarterback? Are they going to go outside to bring someone in and then surround that uh, that new quarterback with other players? Yeah, I would be pretty surprised if it wasn't a quarterback at this point. I mean, it's early and there's a long way to go and Things could change, of course, but I just look at the opportunity of having the number three overall pick, and the Patriots haven't drafted this high since Drew Bledsoe, and they drafted him number one overall in the early 90s, so it's been a minute, and I just think that you look at the need and the fact that you are at the top of the draft, and uh, yeah, you could maybe go the Baker Mayfield route and try to search for somebody like that that uh, could have a nice season and get you to the playoffs in a divisional round maybe, but how far are you really going to go with that quarterback? And is that really a a long-term plan? You know, it's, it's great what players like Baker do in Tampa or even Jared Goff to a degree in Detroit. But I think in terms of building this franchise for the next decade, let's say uh, it's much more likely that you hit on a quarterback who has a little bit of a higher ceiling that can carry you there. And and I just don't think you can bank on the fact that one, you're going to have the third overall pick or a pick, that high up in the first round again, and two, uh, that there's going to be quarterbacks available that are worth taking there. I think this is a good quarterback class. Uh, There are three guys at the top, and Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels that are all worthy of that pick. And next year, the class might not be as good, or uh, you might not be quite as high, and then you're talking about having to give up assets to trade up or something like that. So I think that the opportunity is just too juicy there for them sitting at number three. Now we'll see uh, who ends up falling to them at three, and maybe it's not the guy that they want, and and so they end up uh, not going that direction. But I think as it stands right now, as we sit here a couple days after the Super Bowl, I would assume that they will take a quarterback. Is there a... Is there a particular, you know, favorite that people think or want or you do as far as, you know, what Gerard Mayo might might want, what Alex Van Pelt might want as a new offensive coordinator? Like, is there a a better fit maybe with any of these guys? I do think Drake May is a little bit of a better fit for the type of offense that Alex Van Pelt has run historically with Cleveland. You're talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, a run first, under center, play action heavy, uh, almost like a Shanahan style offense in some ways, like they – they, they've pivoted a little bit, but in general, the, the overall theme of that Browns offense is run the ball and play action off the run. I think you look at a guy like Drake May that uh, has all the physical tools, has the mobility, arm talent, and it looks comfortable throwing ball from the pocket maybe a little bit more than somebody like Jaden Daniels. Like If you're going to build an offense around Jaden Daniels and you think you're probably going to be pretty spread-heavy, quarterback in the gun, you know, option-heavy in the run game, like those types of things. And that's not exactly what Cleveland has been or what Alex Pelt has been, even going back to his days in Green Bay, let's say, as well as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So uh, I think in general it would probably be Drake May that would fit their scheme the best, but uh, I don't know if you necessarily can be that picky if you're the Patriots or you're thinking – we can only take this guy because it's a scheme fit or as, you know, if you can't make Jaden Daniels work with his talents and his abilities, um, then maybe the scheme isn't as good as you thought. Let me ask you about two players on the Patriots current roster who are going to become free agents and what you saw from them 
and you know, kind of your general thoughts because Bills fans are looking at two different positions. They see Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver and a guy yeah. I loved coming out of the draft, Kyle Duggar at safety. Give me your thoughts on both those guys, their seasons, and where you think projecting they, they could wind up, not necessarily team-wise, but what they still have to offer. Yeah, so look, I, I love Kendrick Bourne. I think Kendrick Bourne is such an infectious personality. His energy is great. His locker room demeanor is great. He just puts out good vibes. And somebody that is always a ton, a ton of energy out in practice. And as you guys know, in Buffalo, when it's December and it's 25 degrees out and you're practicing in pads on a Wednesday, like you need those guys, right? You need those guys yeah. to to carry you through those types of days. And Kendrick Bourne is one of those guys that's always got a smile on his face. Uh, even in 2022, where he uh, had a rough year personally, and it was kind of in Matt Patricia's doghouse and things like that, I, I thought in general uh, he carried himself um, with the same type of attitude. So I, I love Kendrick Bourne. And last year, uh, you know, he was on pace to have a career year before he tore his ACL in late October in Miami. He was going to be up around 900 receiving yards and was really their best playmaker uh, through the first half of last season. Uh, so I do think that he is somebody that uh, a team like Buffalo to put him next to Stephon Diggs and Dalton Kincaid, you know, that would be a great fit for him. He's not a number one receiver, uh, but he's certainly somebody that can be a two or a three in, in a really good offense. And I, I think the Patriots have just missed the boat on that pecking order, as we've talked about here, you know, over the last couple of years at nauseum is they don't have the number one guy. Like they don't have the, they don't have a Stefan Diggs. but if they had a Stefan Diggs and Kendrick Bourne was more of like the two, then all of a sudden it starts to make more sense in terms of your offense and, and your, your whole depth chart. And I think that's where Kendrick Bourne fits in for either a contender or the Patriots, you know, trying to bring him back and pair him with a T Higgins or pair him with a Calvin Ridley. And maybe that is a, a little bit more of a, something that makes sense in terms of Kyle Duggar. Look, you know, I, I think Duggar, he was one of a, a few draft picks recently that the Patriots have selected near the top of the draft that have actually panned out and turned into pretty good football players. And and that's been a big problem for the Patriots and why they're in the spot that they're in is that they haven't drafted well. And I think his uh, draft pick, you would say, was a success. It, it was a hit of a pick. But that being said, uh, he is a little bit of a boomer bust player. Around mm -hmm. here, we, we compare him to guys like, you know, uh, Jamie Collins, where there's like a lot of flash to his game. Uh, he's a very physical player, very versatile player, can play at all three levels of the defense, can play in the slot, can play deep safety, can play in the box, can cover tight ends. One of the more versatile players defensively in the NFL, and he's got that physicality and that size to be able to hold up in the box and uh, set the edge and uh, be able to play the run like almost like a, another linebacker uh, with speed like a safety. Uh, but he is a little bit inconsistent in coverage. He will give up plays. He will get lost in zone. Uh, he's not the, a shutdown player against tight ends. He can hold his own, but he's not – a guy that's going to completely erase an opponent's tight end. Uh, so there are some boomer bust you know, elements to his game. Like you guys saw it last year when Dalton Kincaid hit that big play on him in that game in Buffalo. So that, that does happen uh, at times with Kyle Duggar, but uh, he, he's around the football a lot. He makes plays on the ball. Uh, he does turn it over a decent amount and he can run with the football too uh, on returns and things like that. So uh, there's a lot to like about Kyle Duggar's game, uh, but for every two plays he makes, he will give one up. 
All right, Evan Lazar. Evan, I, like you and I are very similar in our, our baseball rooting against interest because you're a Yankee. You're, you're a Red Sox guy. I'm a Yankees guy. I'm assuming you're a Red Sox guy, right? Because you're in Boston. I'm a Yankees guy. We're watching what the AL East is doing. Pitchers and catchers report tomorrow, and I keep thinking, I don't know how you're going to beat the Orioles this year. I don't know how you're going to beat the Blue Jays this year. I know the Yankees are favored. Not the Red Sox, though. It's been not a very good offseason. It has not been a good offseason, and I'll tell you what, as, as much fire as the Patriots are under for their season last year, there is no owner that is on a hotter seat in this town Ooh. right now than John Henry. John Henry, really? well, they've cut spending. I mean, they're they're yeah. middle of the pack now in spending. They don't spend like they used to on the team. Uh, they have all these different, you know, the Fenway Sports Group pro- portfolio. It's the Penguins. It's Liverpool. It's like all these different entities that they own now. And uh, they, they don't care about the Red Sox anymore. They, they've completely given up oh. on trying to make them a big market club. And I, I can tell you right now, if this goes on for much longer, then I, I don't know how much longer they're going to own the team. Well, you know what? We usually call you to talk about football. Maybe we'll call and talk about baseball sometime this offseason as well. Evan, uh, as somebody that yeah, I love it. I, I can tell. I I love it, man. And yeah, I, same boat here. Look, I know I'm looking at the odds. The Yankees are favored. I'm like, I don't know how. I'm, look, I'm looking at the moves the other teams are making in the AL East. But it is, and it is sad. Even as a Yankees fan, I mean, you know this. The baseball's better when you get a really great Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, and they're both good oh, yeah. and going at it. And that's just not happening right now. No, it's not going to happen until they have new ownership in Boston. I just they they don't want to spend on the team anymore. Uh, they they don't go after players anymore. Like they they won their World Series, they ended the curse, and uh, now they they have their eyes on different things. You know, maybe Theo Epstein's back involved now. He's not involved in the day to day, but he's involved in the ownership group. So there is some hope that maybe he can get through to John Henry and Tom Warner and, and get them to start to care about the Red Sox again, but I'm, I'm not holding my breath. Evan, thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll catch up down the road. Good stuff today. Really appreciate it, man. Anytime guys. All right. You got it. That is Evan Lazar. And um, by the way, again, easy Lazar on Twitter. He's very good. Let me just go back to his Twitter account and tell you where you can find his work. Because he does a really good job. And in case you don't know, not only does Evan cover the Patriots at Patriots.com, does really good stuff on the All-22 uh, stuff that he has. It's Patriots Catch 22 at Patriots.com and um, Easy Lazar on Twitter or X. Yeah, pitchers and catchers reporting mostly this week, tomorrow. Uh, really interesting, you know, what he just said about the Red Sox. I had no idea. And I didn't realize Theo Epstein was back with, uh, let me, what is his role? Let's see, Theo Epstein. Uh, he's involved with the Red Sox in some way. I did not realize that. Yeah, he was, he built the Red Sox in their World Series, then he built the Cubs in their World Series, so good for them. In the meantime, bold takes for the Bills. Bills offseason bold takes. I give you mine. I'll reset. We'll take calls. 803-0550. Still got a couple segments left to get your calls in. Got open phone lines right now on the Buffalo Bills offseason. And your bold takes. What do you think something is they're going to do that, yeah, might be a bit of a uh, a bold take to call your shot out there. Do it today on the Extra Point Show. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.